Jane. Hello. <laughs> How are you? Good. Hi, Mary. Hi, Jane. We Hi, always all. say whenever we have a guest on that, like, we're used to just having, like, a chat. And there's been times when the guest is just sitting there waiting, like, so. <laughs> waiting for us to, like, say, yeah, hello, someone else is here. Yeah, um, so then it was like, that, that we might as well introduce the guest while we're here. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mary, who are you? <laughs> Okay, well, uh, <laughs> no, <a> big question. <laughs> no. Thanks for having me on, by the way. It's a oh, of course, yeah. Good opportunity. I hope it will be helpful for people. Um, yeah. My name is Mary Hogan. I'm a counsellor, um, and I created a blog called the Mind Guide, mm-hmm. um, which is very good, might I ask? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's modest. <laughs> I am. Um, so yeah, and I guess just a bit about my background. I trained in person centre counselling in the UK and I moved back to Ireland about three years ago and the reason that I set the blog post up was because there was just no I was supposed very aware of the inaccessibility of mental health services in Ireland mm. and that's kind of what inspired me to do it and I work mainly like my the predominant group client group I work with are teenagers mm-hmm. who present with a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. as you can imagine God, um, oh, I remember mood. my teens. Yeah. Yes, it wasn't a fun time for any of no. us, was it? So yeah, so I suppose what I write about is what I've learned through my work. What kind mm-hmm. of helps people? What doesn't help people? There's some practical stuff there, and also just other bits and pieces that I have found helpful right. in my own life. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's kind of it. And where can they find it? What's uh, the if you follow at tiny therapist? There you go. We're Sorry, at tiny underscore therapist on that's Instagram, right. and we'll post about it as well. But um, I was like, what, why tiny therapist? And I was <laughs> expecting. I expecting, was like, how small is she? How small there? do you think she is, Jane? Like, you know, <laughs> she's at normal I think height. I'm I can confirm. Choice, well, yeah, a little bit small, but not average that small. height. Bro. What did average I say? Normal oh, height. Sorry, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> not PC at all. No. Terrible. It's okay, we're all learning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and can I say, yeah, the blog is great. Me and Jane have both found it really helpful. And definitely, I know you say you specialize in kind of teens presenting with anxiety, but the blog is very accessible for everyone yeah, and really relevant. Well, the reason why we thought now would be a great time to yeah. to get someone like Mary on, um, is because it's January. Yeah, and it's notoriously and societally, uh, the most depressing time of mm-hmm. the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why and is this, that, Mary? And this episode, <laughs> this episode will be going out on Blue Monday, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was yeah. just by chance. This episode's going oh, out on Blue great. Monday. So Blue Monday is a marketing the most thing, though, yeah. isn't it? For airlines. It started off as a marketing thing, I think. Yeah, yeah for yeah. airlines, but, people booking their holidays. So what's the rationale behind it? It's, a, it's, it's, it's the furthest Monday away from Christmas, but still in January or something. I have no idea. I don't, I don't know. know probably something like that. Well, I guess like even somebody said to me the other day, we're not getting paid for another three weeks or something. And I was like, hold on a second. That's, been, that's not true. It's been January for ages. No, it is. I'm not getting paid till like the last. I'm getting paid next Monday. What? Yeah. I'm getting paid at the end of the month. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the month. I'm not going to calendar. It's a long Oh no, sorry. It's two and a half weeks for me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm a week away. Thank God. How come you're, you get paid on Monday? I get paid on the 28th of every month. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, it works Most out people, well. it's like the 28th or 29th. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. No, there you go. My rent comes out of my account on the 20th of every month. I don't get paid until the last Thursday of every month. So there's like, <gasps> and I, the full rent comes out of my account. It's, that's oh, dodgy, week. Stressful. That's great. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, it's stressful. But yeah, back to Blue Monday. So yeah. yeah, I guess Jane and I just did an episode about New Year blues and how it's yeah. just, 
January is just hard and obviously because you know usually for a lot of people it's the fun is over kind of feeling um yeah and you wrote a really helpful blog post on it so yeah what are your thoughts on blue January or whatever we call it and why Why is it so quote unquote (laughs) why do we feel so terrible I think it's like after Christmas there's this there's this big build up and kind of drive to get to Christmas I mean, this is all relatable. This will make sense to all of us. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, great, Christmas is here. And then at Christmas, you like overindulge, you eat too much, you drink too much. Mm-hmm. And you're in a way you're kind of connected to people because you're either with your friends, your family. You yeah. know, there's, there's a lot of socializing that happens. And then when Christmas is over, it's actually I think it's just really anticlimactic for people. And it's back to reality <laughs> and normality. And this January in particularly in particular I've even found the mornings have just been so dark so yeah, dark and so bleak I don't know if you guys have found but that but I wasn't sure I said weather. to someone was that, is that no, always like this in January like even at 8am it's dark um, because yeah. even though <laughs> what's happening even at 8.30 30, it's dark even yeah. though the evenings are getting I actually did just looked this up because yeah. I was so desperate to see when it starts to get bright even though the evenings have been getting longer since mm. the 21st of December the mornings are actually getting darker what? So it's like oh the, really? Yeah. Oh, so that the makes mornings sense. are con- yeah. continue. Like, we're getting darker up until like probably like a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, into January, but the evenings are getting brighter. Yeah, I don't know I've which noticed, I prefer now. <laughs> I've noticed the evenings getting brighter, which was great when I was like sleeping in and everything, and it was yeah. you know during the holidays. Holidays. Yeah. But then when I went back to work last week, and I was driving to work, and it was raining, and it was like that proper torrential downpour rain. Yeah. yeah. And I just love that. Oh my god! And I was listening. I think I was listening to your podcast. And <laughs> we were depressing you as well. It was like, yeah. no, you're making me laugh. I was like, this is great. But no, but like, I guess it's just that it's also that thing of having nothing to really look forward to. It's that yeah. period of time where everything's over and nobody has any money. Like that is a big thing. True. Nobody yeah. wants to yeah. do anything. Nobody can afford to do anything. And it's like kind of trying to grasp some aspect of what can I look forward to, or what what can I hope for this month? And there's yeah. very little and it's a long month. Do you know what you it. said that really struck me that I never thought about? It's that connection to people. That's a yeah. huge thing because you're with people constantly over Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And then you're just in. And do you yeah. find that I also found that um, over Christmas everyone's in great form and it's, it's yeah, it's, yeah, everyone's really close. But then like we've, I've seen a lot of my friends since um, Christmas and there's almost this like um, feeling of oh it's not the same as when we went out over Christmas I don't know that sounds really weird but it's just it's <laughs> yeah. not that it's the not the same fun yeah. but it's that kind of buzz and excitement that's there I think in that yeah. whole month of December yeah, yeah, that then you, you know you're kind yeah. of like I don't know I think people are just tired as well in January like yeah. I've been wrecked I think it's yeah there's lots of things but yeah. I think yeah I think that that's something I definitely struggle with is like constantly wanting to look forward to things I think everyone probably does that though I don't think it's yeah. a unique problem yeah. um, would you say that's kind of a dangerous territory to be in to be like depending on looking forward to things sorry just moving your mic away from yeah. out there I see your level spiking I think it's kind of like I think the best thing is it's always healthy to have things to look forward to yeah but it becomes unhealthy when you cross a boundary where you're constantly planning and you're like constantly planning yeah, events or familiar, things doesn't it, well, to look forward to. That sounds very but, well, familiar no, to me. But do you know what I mean? It's, it's all about really like having a balance in, yeah. in how you do any of those types of things. But I think like, for example, my partner and I booked a holiday last night, you know, mm-hmm. so we're really looking forward to that in May. Where are you going? But then uh, we're going to California. Ooh, yeah, a big yeah. one. And then over to New York. So we really got booked. <gasps> so, um, yeah, I know. I'm really I want to find that. <laughs> but I was like, Aww. I need something to 
look forward to because the dark evenings were like you know really making me feel very down and low and stuff so yeah, that was absolutely. kind of a thing but it's yeah okay so that's what we've booked but I won't be booking Anthem now for ages yeah. again so it's kind of like how do I find the balance, balance and yeah. I think it's different for different people like I think I write about that in on the practical list of stuff in the January mm-hmm. beating the January blues post like it could be just okay I'm going to go to the cinema on Friday night or I'm going to like cook a nice meal or whatever yeah class or go you know whatever it is yeah cook a nice meal mm-hmm. go for a walk just small simple things that help you that yeah. aren't absolutely huge things that you have to do and you have to get them done by this point yeah because I think in January I know what helps me is I actually like to hibernate a little bit mm-hmm. so I really like when I can go home maybe do a bit of yoga at home yeah and then instead of maybe going to the gym or going yeah. like out yeah, you know yeah. being super yeah. active I meet my friends or whatever and then I'll just like watch something on Netflix or watch a movie and it really helps me to escape but I'm also I'm sort of hibernating so I'm kind of looking after myself but without yeah. being completely antisocial and avoiding yeah. my friends and Again, facing it's a balance. up to the reality of my life you know so which is like yeah what it is avoid that at all costs yeah, it's a constant <laughs> struggle like yeah um but the other thing to say about that actually this is funny because I today I ordered um oh, like a Lumi light oh I yeah. hear they're great I had one before um, and it for some reason it didn't work. It was like you would wake up in the morning. I'm still sad. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you'd actually it would wake up. I would wake up in the morning to this flashing light, like was like waking up to a disco. I just don't think the boy Wait, hold on. The, the Lumi light is the one that's meant to wake you up like wake the sun. Up gradually, yeah. like the and this sun. is like yeah, and it was like exactly. It was like what the hell? This is like really distressing to wake up to. But then, um, so we ordered another one today, which is like basically the same idea, but it's not by the Lumi company. Okay. It's a different thing. Um, and it's like an alarm clock that wakes you up slowly in the That's morning. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's yeah. Singing. Does it have calming like bird song and stuff on it? It has a radio on it. I think. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's I don't so know how calming mean. that is, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe Lyric FM. But cool. um, it's yeah, and I know when my Lumi light did work, which was for a very short time before the flashing started. <laughs> my I God. did find that really helpful because mm. I was waking up to light, yeah. whereas at the moment I'm waking up to darkness. And oh, I do I actually I find it hard to get out of bed in the morning yeah. when it's dark. And I think that's just part of all of us. It's part Especially of our alarm clock when you like, are woken up so abruptly. Yeah. I do it in the summer. I try and leave curtains open during the summer. I wake up with the light. Oh, God. Yeah. I wake up crack yeah. dawn until yeah. I moved in with Andrea. And not, she's there with her sleep mask. Yeah, I would wear a sleep mask. Yeah. Do you know, I can't. I'd be awake like at 5 a.m. then. Um, yeah, you? and sometimes yeah. I am, but yeah. I'm refreshed. I wake I up naturally. I quite like it. My body yeah. clock naturally. Yeah. Yeah. I used to get up when I lived in Janeary. I used to wake up with the sun at like 6 a.m. and go for like a jog down sea seafront. Oh, it's the loveliest thing. Smug, yeah. smug bitch over there. <laughs> <laughs> I used to wake up with the sun and go for a jog down the pier. Yeah, but the other, the other side to that is that like I can't stay up past eleven o'clock. If you're in that, if you're in that routine, like yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. But I find that like my alarm's gone off the last few mornings, and honestly, it's almost like I get this like feeling of dread that just yeah. it's so dark and, and grey yeah. and cold, and it's like once I'm up, I'm absolutely fine, and once I'm yeah. dressed and actually walking to work, everything's fine. Yeah, but I'm just getting this feeling of like oh. God, it's just a hard month. Like yeah, it is a hard a long month. Slog. Yeah, I'm definitely getting one of those. I have, I did want to get one of those. Yeah. And there's also the um, what is it now? There's some sort of light you put somewhere. I don't know if it's on your screen or is the it sad lamp? Yeah, yeah, I got one of them the as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to plug it. By the is way, is that for seasonal what's seasonal it affective disorder? Yeah. yeah, um, which 
like the sad lamp is just you put it on your desk but it's that was really it. bright like um in I work people look over and you're like ah. no it's like really 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 bright but one of my offices is quite subterranean because it doesn't have like it feels quite subterranean gosh <laughs> we shouldn't pay that amount of counseling room but it has skylights but they're quite small it doesn't yeah, have like yeah. A window at the side, if you see what I mean. Now it's quite a big, spacious room, yeah. but no natural light comes in. Okay. And I just thought, like, that's the main reason I got it for yeah. that. And also, you know, when working with clients, I thought it would be a helpful thing to have. Yeah. But it's really bright now. I only got it today, so I haven't actually used it in my office. Okay. Well, you have so to report back. I will. Yeah, I'll let you know what it's like. Like, would people be like, looking Whoa. over at you and would your face look completely lit up? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, imagining I mean, in an office like just like a beam of light coming over you from can my desk. Turn down like the volume or not the volume. You can turn down yeah. the, whatever the equivalent brightness. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, the light volume. Yeah, you can turn that down. So okay. I think I don't know. I'd I say. Well, like you it. forget yeah. that. Like you know, we we just have so little daylight. Like, and yeah. I think every year I'm always shocked by it again. You I'm like, then think of the summer. I know. Yeah, so Do you lovely. find, I find that like October, I love like September, October is lovely months and then November you're Christmas, Christmas, Christmas and then the minute after Christmas you're like, give me summer now. Yeah. Like dying for it. Do you know yeah. what? I will say this has been the easiest January I've had. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah. is it global warming? It's not as cold, which is terrible. Yeah. It's the rain, Jane. I would take cold. Of, yeah. yeah. normal, it seems to be very, very rainy Well, I have had a record amount of like I cycle to work and oh, do you? I've had to buy wet gear and uh, I always forget the wet gear. Anyway, I have had Same, several had, yeah. days where I've turned up soaking wet. I um, would take cold. But for the most yeah. part, I think anyway, it's all right. I'll say on a positive note, yeah. I actually always like, I, and every year I, I, I feel this, I'm like, you know what, I actually don't mind that it's going slowly because I think the rest of the year, for me, January and February slow and then the year's yeah. gone, just like that. So I actually yeah. don't mind this when it feels slow because for once it's like, okay, the, the year isn't disappearing before my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Just a nice a nice feeling. It kinda once. gives you the opportunity in a way that's that kind of like that hibernation thing I'm talking about. It's like yeah. it's almost like everyone gives themselves permission to take a break. Yeah. From socializing yeah. and being active and whatever. But then sometimes it becomes excessive to the point where people might feel lonely or disconnected and that's when Yeah. That's when it starts to get into kind of like depressive like symptoms mm-hmm. and that type of territory, yeah. which is why I always say to people just do whatever you can within your capacities when you mm-hmm. feel that way to make you feel a little bit better or even if it's just one thing you have to look forward to mm-hmm. in it's the day or, or one thing that you achieved this mm-hmm. day like I was actually I don't know you able to go for a walk this evening or yeah. I was able to put my washing on or I got one thing done off my to-do list like all of those things can actually really help they might not they might sound like really simple things but they they yeah. feel really hard and cumbersome and heavy tasks when your mood is really really low yeah. so it's just kind of like self-compassion isn't it like yeah you're saying, yeah, yeah exactly yeah um yeah. i have a question just because i read your blog post mm-hmm. um yesterday and you said i just found very interesting you were just we were talking about how um this time of year we're kind of expected to have this like rapid rapid transformation of like oh, you yeah, know new yeah. year's resolutions and and you have to change your whole routine and and how does that affect your mental health then when how does that contribute to depression psychologically yeah and um, when you can't fulfill those yeah. new resolutions or whatever yeah. it is like is that do you find that's a big contributor to it yeah absolutely because what you're effectively doing is setting yourself up almost to fail because it's impossible to go from zero to 100 it's impossible 
to go from absolutely like okay i'm gonna be totally chill or busy or whatever it is at christmas and then go into goal driven focus mode like at some point your body's gonna crack and say hang on this is too much for me here yeah so that's why it's really important to make kind of realistic goals or, or as we call them on the podcast smart goals Ro. smart goals J- yes. yeah smart goals yeah i was yeah. making fun of me smart goals well, i was I waiting for you that. to tell me what the s stood for the m you know in work we have never have seen that framework where like all the it's called oh, smart goals the framework no but they all stand for something and i was waiting for you to go smart goals s, s for sensible oh, m for yeah. whatever no 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 yeah no, no, no. anyway just smart goals yeah. Yeah. hashtag smart goals yeah. yeah but that's it, it's kind of i suppose to bring it back to that is what it does is if you have any predisposition to feel down or depressed or low in January, which most of us do, it's so important to set yourself realistic goals or realistic targets because if you don't reach them, so you say, okay, I want to have 10 things achieved by the end of January and then you don't get there and you're still feeling low, that's when your inner critic will come out and be Mm. really, really loud. And I talk a lot about this in my blog as well because when we're feeling low, our capacity to feel good about ourselves is just so not even there. So our inner critic gets this huge level of permission to just mm-hmm. take control of our thinking. And then we become distorted in our thinking and we start wow. thinking, yeah. I didn't even I didn't even manage to do those, you know, join the gym or whatever the things yeah. are that yeah. I'm such a failure. I'm such a piece of crap. How could I not like everyone else is doing it around me? Why can't I do mm-hmm. it? And then that leads into really problematic thinking where your thinking structure has become very, very self-destructive and the inner critics going mad in your mind and has taken over. So that's why it's really, really important to be aware that that could actually happen for you and say to yourself, okay, hang on a minute now. What can I do? How can I be more realistic in terms of the goals I want to set up? Is this something that happens to me every year? Actually, Mm. it is. I do this every year. It's an old behavior pattern. Yeah telling myself all right i'm gonna go gung-ho after christmas and then yeah. i don't manage to do it and then i become very hard on myself and really down and then you get into your cycle yeah. of thinking of distorted thinking that's what i would call it does yeah. that make sense absolutely so, yeah. And, yeah okay so i get what you're saying uh, don't set goals that are completely unachievable yeah but let's say you do Mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay so we talked about this like you yeah. know okay fair enough saying like why don't you set five goals instead of ten and then at least yeah. you get five or six did he over all that stuff but what if you do and and what if people have already made these resolutions that they're already failing with failing about how do you then counteract that now like you go back on yourself and be like you mean if they're failing them now is it or yeah because i think a lot of people are already in that stage where they're like three weeks into january yeah and like they're complete like you know you're Mm -hmm. at the stage now where it's getting to be a long slog and might already be starting to feel bad about themselves like how can they reverse that at this stage now i would say let it go and start again because it's only yourself you're really answering to isn't it like you're not you're not there's no one else forcing the pressure off there's literally no need to i I mean we all do it especially our kind of millennial age group we all put so much pressure on ourselves but i would say really really just let that go if it's not working like literally if even if you physically have your have them written out cross it out no yes. but honestly i would say that cross it out throw it away that's even therapeutically helpful in a mm. way okay that's not working for me i'm going to try something different what do i need to do differently what did i learn from that the last time maybe i was a bit unrealistic maybe i was a bit hard on myself there's nothing wrong with starting again 
people do for a reason. That's so great. that's what I would say Lovely. about that. Because you know, it's as we're saying, the last, yeah, because like if people think that they failed and they just completely just go off the rails and be like, well, what's yeah, the point? Yeah, it's an all or nothing type of response. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and would yeah. and would yeah. a lot of you mentioned like cyclical and kind of being aware of your behaviors. Like, would that would that be kind of most most people would probably have like every year or whatever I don't know whatever mm. the cycle is people like the same kind of thoughts reoccurring right absolutely yeah because like remember didn't we talk about we mentioned it I don't know yeah. I don't know if we're on the see sometimes we're talking and I'm like was that on the podcast or just a conversation <laughs> and I can't remember which yeah. is, I guess is a good sign yeah. but I was saying to Jane I was like yeah I feel like if I went back to therapy now I'd just be saying the same stuff I said the last time and I'm kind of yeah. like you will and, yeah. and I kind of was like and yeah. that's a bit embarrassing like I'm bringing back up the stuff I talked to her about two years ago and I feel like I haven't progressed and Jane was like eh, that's been me so for do you know well, what the yeah. fantastic thing is is that that happened like I've been going to the same therapist for four years now yeah. Yeah. pretty much every week yeah and yeah, I do say the same things over again. The only thing that changes is the context. Yeah. But I yeah. can't recognize that myself. I need someone there to be like, well, you said this let's before. take yeah. away the actual, like, let's just go back to, let's just go to the behavior of this and exactly. rephrase what I said yeah. as a behavior, taking away the yeah. context. Uh, like, yeah. Do you recognize that? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, 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 I exactly. do. There's but even though, some, yeah, someone yeah. said the other day that even in like relationships, right, that that, that or marriages, relationships, whatever, um, that there's always it's usually one thing that people are fighting about over and over again. Like the situations might change around yeah. it, but it's usually the same one issue, yeah. or two issues, whatever. Yeah. But this, it's, it is the same things over and over again. Yeah, and it's just really interesting. Yeah, but and it's what we call a habitual behavioral response. Okay, it's a habit, and we all have them. Mm. You know, we all have habits of doing things that maybe aren't good for us Mm -hmm. but we can also develop habits of doing things that are good for us do do you know what I mean it's kind of like again it comes back to being balanced around Mm -hmm. all that you can do is recognize hang on a second take yourself aside what am I doing here Yeah. Yeah. yeah oops did I do this last year and what happened then and what was the result of that or what was the consequence so it's about coming back and saying Checking in with yourself and yeah. saying, really, what can I do differently? What's working well here? Actually, none of this is working well. Mm-hmm. Okay, what needs to be different? Mm-hmm. And where's going to be a useful place for me to See, start? It's so, it sounds so so easy, but I think like the role for a therapist and for anyone thinking to go to therapy, mm. it's like, it's really just kind of building and like um, nurturing that kind of self-awareness mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Yeah. you won't even know you're in a pattern and most yeah. people wouldn't unless they yeah. do that kind yeah. of deep work. Because I yeah, found that like exactly. some, with yeah. me, mm. like some friends said to me or I said to friends and I'd be like, well, do you not remember now? Yeah. <laughs> this, you know, yeah. this, all oh, this has happened like, you know, even a few months ago, it might even be yeah. a year ago, whatever. Yeah. And they're like, oh God, yeah, you're right. And I'm not saying that that people have said it to me as well. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that I'm not um, like, I'm created awareness either but it sometimes takes just an external person to re- to show you yeah, your patterns exactly. isn't it because yeah. yeah and self-awareness is basically the ultimate goal of therapy although it's never explicit when you kind of go in mm. and express your reasons or desires because most people come to therapy because they want something to be different but they might not be sure what it is sure. so mm. what you're doing is you're trying to facilitate that process of change and get people to recognize, oh, hang on, actually, why has this thing happened again in my life? Yeah. Oh, because I am actually in control of this. And once you can kind of recognize that and realize that, that's when you can begin to change it. But there's also a lot of things that we do well. So some of the work I do with um, teenagers, not all of it, but some of it's like strength based therapy. So I might say, well, what works <laughs> well for you? And sometimes we also fail to recognize 
mm. the things the good habits we have do, do nice. you know what yeah, I mean yeah. I think there's, there's yeah. such a huge culture out there now about mental health and it's great but there's a lot of what do you need to do differently how can you help yourself and sometimes we like we have all those kind of answers I know it sounds very corny but we actually have them within ourselves sometimes we have that strength that resilience sometimes it's about tapping into that and recognizing okay yeah I need to change these habits or these behaviors but actually you know I'm really good at this other thing or I like this aspect of myself or I do this thing really really well Mm. and again I'm really into like having a balanced view on stuff Mm -hmm. um and I think self-awareness is great but again it's important to have a balanced view so that you're not constantly analyzing yourself yeah you know do do you know what I mean I completely get it yeah and that's a lovely approach to take especially with teenagers when you're at that kind of yeah like that kind of turning point and the yeah. kind of most formative years in your life to, yeah. to be able to build that is lovely. Yeah. I never Can would I? have, sorry, sorry. I was going to just the teenage <laughs> thing. I never would have even, like, of course, teenagers are like, uh, me as a teenager, I was very anxious, but I never even would have had the word to say I was anxious. Mm. No. Like I, when we were teenagers. I remember going to therapy or going to counseling when I was like 16 and I was gay and mm-hmm, I was yeah. out to my friends, yeah. but I couldn't say it to an adult. So oh, it wow. made the whole thing really hard pointless yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. i was trying to explain sorry why so you were in therapy and you couldn't even actually just say it to the therapist I couldn't yeah. Say it yeah yeah, to yeah. Oh, God. oh my friend no the whole thing was like i was in love with my best friend yeah you know as yeah. i was when i was 16 but i was like i i wouldn't say that i'd, I'd explain the problems i had with my friend with that like she knew come on like yeah yeah but i couldn't bring myself to say it so yeah. um it was interesting no the question i was going to ask was um because you work with teenagers and it just came yeah. to my head obviously without going into specifics but do you get any insight into what social media is doing to teenagers now because I feel like we're like living in a completely different world yeah. we had Bebo and MySpace yeah and now their whole worlds and all their social groups mm-hmm. and everything yeah. are 90% online yeah how is that affecting their mental health I mean I think that that's caused <coughs> such a huge rise in anxiety for teenagers um because a there is so much accessibility just overall of information that like I didn't have when I was a teenager mm. um or you guys probably didn't, so I didn't have. yeah me saying like, I didn't know, know what anxiety I didn't even think about anxiety I have yeah. anxiety and almost now you're not that it's a bad thing but you're seeing anxiety everywhere it's almost like I think yeah. people are saying I do I have anxiety I have anxiety it's almost like yeah so people spoken pat- about people pathologize themselves yeah. and that's another thing that I'm always saying to the parents and the teens I work with normalize not pathologize because everything <laughs> you're experiencing is part of developing you're a developing human and it's really tough but it's normal and it's part of growing up yeah. and I try and do it in a non-patronizing way and sometimes they don't want to hear that and they get really yeah. annoyed at me yeah and I'm just trying to reframe their experience for them all the time because that's a really important part so that they don't go away thinking they have some kind of an anxiety disorder when actually gotcha, what yeah. they have is they're just experiencing the difficulty of being a t- teenager in 2020 which is, yeah so to answer your question sorry i could go on and on about that but it's it's basically like school doesn't end at four o'clock yeah. so like when i was in school you know we went to evening study then i went home and i would talk to my friends on the phone yeah oh, but i never yeah and my mom get really annoyed at me for the house bills but like i never had I didn't know if any of my friends were hanging out and leaving me out because I just wasn't aware of it because, you know, I just didn't know about it. So Mm -hmm. in a way, there was kind of this thing of ignorance is bliss a little bit, whereas now they are so glued to their social media, to their Snapchat and their Instagram. And everybody's putting up pictures of them being out with each other and hanging out Mm -hmm. 
that like they actually can't escape or avoid that sense of exclusion. And I think that's the most difficult thing for teenagers today. God, it's difficult as a 30 year old woman. If I see yeah, friends yeah. and they're hanging out without me or you're like, oh, that, they're hanging out. Yeah. And you get a moment of like, and then you realize, yeah. no, it's OK. We yeah, all. Yeah, 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 absolutely. If Can I was 16, 16 and yeah. I saw a group of friends hanging out like that would just be crushing. And also there's so many more ways of getting rejected. There's like, oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't get your blue ticks or if, if they get exactly. the blue ticks That's and the they don't thing. respond or yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, they, if they didn't look at my story or they didn't yeah. like, yes, yeah. yeah, that's the other thing. And if they don't respond like immediately, yeah. it's like, oh my god, they don't like me. And it ta- it starts that whole cognitive processing, like that just goes into that negative automatic thought thing that happens mm. when you're feeling down or vulnerable. Like they have themselves convinced within a very short time frame. <gasps> yeah, you know these people don't like me, and they think I'm yeah. this, and they think I'm that, and God, it's like, really difficult. Terrible. Like it's really, and it's a really hard thing for parents to manage because they want to be able to give them their autonomy, and you yeah. don't want to be left out and be weird if you're not on social media. But they're also parents are very aware of how difficult it can be for yeah. teenagers and the angst and the anxiety it causes. So I mean, it's a really, really big issue. And even it's, the comparison, like even if you're talking about like not necessarily just your friends, but like comparison of like girls how people look how body types and everything like when we were teenagers yeah. we saw like people we knew and then yeah. people on tv and people in magazines and you're able to kind of separate their celebrities yeah you know whatever yeah. i i don't especially look like that but now you're seeing so many people who are like now i'm mainly talking about tiktok here because i feel like every they're all so glam they're like 14 the girls, and they look 25 and yeah. the most ridiculous yeah. figures and also could you say how do they have bodies like that they're also skinny with like big boobs and a bum yeah i was like what the body types have changed or they're just dressing themselves in a way they're going to the gym as well like, it's like really a lot of the kids yeah. are going to the gym Ro you're getting closer and closer to the mic every time I move it away <laughs> Jesus Christ Jane's going to be over there I but keep yeah. trying to like turn down the levels because Ro just keeps going like hello sorry that probably blew the ears sorry. off you. I apologise I think it's also the way they're dressing though I think like we were wearing low rise jeans and oh, yeah. I didn't know they dress like, in very very different ways and there's a huge focus on your appearance and what you look like that is kind of synonymous with being socially accepted yeah whereas when i was in school that wasn't really the case like there's a bit of that kind mm. of being cool but like nobody really cared about what you wore they just cared if you were nice like do you, do you know what like, yeah. maybe that's my naivety but like it's like there was know, definitely talk about who's or whatever yeah like there was definitely that but it's more i mean it's it's absolutely crazy now the focus particular actually yeah. it's not even just on young like the 13 15 year old age females they have a really like that's you know it all is there's always that piece about body image and mm-hmm. oh, i look fat when they're not and body dysmorphic thinking and then it but it's also become a real thing with guys as well which mm. definitely wasn't thing when i was a teenager like well possibly was maybe just wasn't spoken about yeah but there's a lot of guys who'll come in and be really like muscly and they're only 17 and they're going to the gym yeah, and the they're drinking the protein shakes and you know so it seems to have become like boundaryless in terms of what's going to happen next God, or how far really it can go it is. yeah it is it's very disconcerting it's a very weird time socially in yeah. terms of and even like in terms of just actually the communication like mm. like we used to have to like call up someone's house phone and ask for them and hope they're there and hope <laughs> their mad doesn't answer whatever i used to hate when the man like, i was always real shy so i was like i don't i, I hate the moment to be like hi it's kimber yeah, I, yeah. Hated I hated it but the thing is is that we had a little bit more time to process process feelings and emotions yeah mm. whereas when 
like now you reply to text like exactly. that and you yeah. don't even have a, give yourself a chance to like be like how do I actually feel about this yeah. and you're yeah. just firing things out yeah. Um, yeah. you don't have any time to process it's a fucking it's mad it's and then mad. the whole bullying aspect which is so much like easier yeah. to do now yeah because there's because <laughs> of um, like Snapchat as well because you know the, the myths just, just yeah, disappear disappear yeah. you, yeah. you can create fake accounts but we can't forget my Bebo bullying scandal. Ro had a Bebo made a bullying Bebo made against her. Somebody, like a fake Bebo yeah. for Ro. Pretending to be you. No, what happened was when I was in I don't know what year we in my fourth year, transition year, and somebody made a Bebo called sorry, I shouldn't have talked about me, but like it's called it was called Horseface Row. And they took my picture and they just said, I don't know, I can't remember what they did, but they had loads of pictures, quite detailed actually, like quite a lot of work went into it. <laughs> like I was mad into McFly, the band. Oh, yeah. And um, they like took my pictures that I had met when I'd met them and like wrote stuff on it. I was like, mad. But what isn't it a mad really thing mean? that was the height of it? Can that you was imagine now? And yeah. it was very, very unusual. Like we were, yeah, everyone yeah. was like, what? Like there was the kind of slight bullying element of Bebo with your top 16, yeah. your other half, the love heart thing. So there was an yeah. element of like, definitely like leaving, you could definitely, slightly bully in that way but like yeah. it's mad now like yeah. fake accounts trolling the whole second thing yeah. um, um, <laughs> go on Jane sorry <laughs> sorry wow I have so many questions yes right um, I know you most you mostly deal with teenagers at the moment yeah um, but one thing me and Ro were both curious about was what is like the biggest thing that that people have issues with or why they start going to therapy in the first place well, what I've noticed is that it tends to be either stress related or anxiety related um, or low mood as well. But it's, it's all huge. very broad. Yeah. I know, I know, yeah. but that's the thing. It's no, very hard enough. to categorize emotions because it's such a complex thing. But definitely anxiety. Anxiety seems to just be everywhere at the moment. Um, and it would be people like wor- just worrying about like their futures is it people just like is it what are the what would be the main causes of anxiety at the moment or is it pressure or I think a lot of it's yeah I mean there'd be some of it which would be social pressure but a lot of it would be like work related stress and that really? type of stuff yeah 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 it's true I guess it's becoming more and more competitive and a lot of yeah. yeah and we had the burnout episode and a lot of people like so many messages about that people yeah. are just like I just find it so difficult to yeah. keep yeah. up um, speaking of messages, we have a few messages in. We yeah. get through them. Yep. So we and we actually got loads of messages on this. I guess from people who I don't know may not go to therapy themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Who have got a lot of very specific messages as yeah, well. Yeah, some of them very specific. We're not going to yeah. go into any specifics really, but a lot of yeah varying topics. So <laughs> yeah, so someone. This is a girl after my own heart here. Um, how to stop worrying? So. This, she says she's worrying about anything and everything yeah okay <laughs> if only I had a magic wand yeah. Pressure. Yeah. just relax um, yeah I mean I think the thing with that I will say is sometimes your brain gets used to a particular way of thinking mm-hmm. or I guess a particular thinking style now I'm not a neuroscientist so I don't know the proper language <laughs> shit I thought we got the neuroscientist though. should I stop now yeah. <laughs> but um so you know in terms of the right language and stuff but but effectively sometimes worrying can become habitual thought response so we actually just wow, get yeah. into a habit of worrying and that's why I think it's really really important to again step back mm-hmm. check in ask yourself what am I doing right now 
am I doing the same thing that I usually do? Yes, I am. Is this good for me? No. What do I need right now or mm-hmm. what do I need to do differently? Okay, I need to go for a walk or I need to go make myself a cup of tea or yeah. I need to, I don't know, do some jumping Replace jacks. Just replace the thought with something else. Whatever, <laughs> yeah, or whatever it is. But it's kind of like, and I think that takes practice, to be honest. Like, that's what yeah. I've learned even from my own personal life. Like I try and do meditation every day just for 10 minutes yeah. um, or yoga. There's a really good one I like called Yoga with Adrienne. Oh, Jane's yeah. face. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, Jane's mad She's great. Right but it's basically you're, what you're actually trying to do is practice calm. Like you're trying to practice being calm and practice your body and your mind kind of need to know what that feels like. And I think the more and more you can practice that, mm. the less and less anxious your thinking will become because i guess worrying really is most of the time but imagine like just worrying about the future or the unknown yeah. you're worrying about things that aren't actually happening yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's really like for me it's about bringing it back now well that the like staying present but that's actually yeah. what it is i need yeah. to be like well hold on a second what am i worrying about yeah. what are the facts like I, and yeah. after because for me that's when i when, when i facts. yeah when i yeah. when i start worrying they're irrational and i'm like and then i'm like no, hold on a second what are the facts of the situation and then yeah. i, I kind of yeah. just talk myself yeah. through it i'm like no this 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 and then i can really calm myself down yeah exactly but if i let myself just i could i can go into that yeah. worry so deep yeah. that i'm like catastrophizing like Absolutely, even on yeah. a very small scale like let's say if Dave's out in the car and my parents are out in the car and they haven't answered their phone and they're like that's it there's a crash I'm imagining the yeah. crash I'm like, like you yeah. know I'm like, yeah. oh my god yeah. Like, yeah you know I have a very natural tendency to do that absolutely yeah. so yeah uh, for me it's like like I think just literally bring myself back to the facts and just literally try and um <coughs> like for me if I'm worrying about something in the future mm. I just try and practice the like being just grateful about things I have now yeah really I find practical but helpful as well and I mean I think the thing about the catastrophizing and all of that stuff they're like what we call thinking traps that's what Mm. they the kind of CBT language and a useful question to ask yourself is am I basing this on a fact or a feeling and it's always going to be a feeling yeah and is my feeling a reliable source and the answer will be no. <laughs> <laughs> Your feelings are actually so, crazy. No, no, no. But I mean, I kind of other people might say, "How could you say that?" But like, so when when that's happening, yeah, your your anxiety is not a useful indicator. You're like, go home feelings. Happening. You're drunk. You know, yeah. It's but it's not like a useful. What's the word I'm trying to say? But it's not a useful assessment of what's actually yeah. happening yeah. around you because you're in a heightened state, and when mm-hmm. you're in a heightened state everything's like up here and it's mm-hmm. all panic 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 and so what i always say to people is cognitively try and bring yourself down so you ask yourself those questions and then physiologically yeah do your breathing take your step away take some deep breaths or even you know you can there's lots of different things i do mm-hmm. with the teenagers but that can really really help because you're counteracting that type of thinking and mm-hmm. you're counteracting your physiological response to it nice so basically. i find oh sorry i almost knocked out <laughs> Um, exactly what you're saying I think yeah. once you calm down your body then your brain yeah. kind of thinks oh the danger follows. must be gone exactly grand yeah. Um, yeah that's really helpful and just on that we've got a slightly related question how do you figure out what triggers sadness or anxiety okay. so figure out what your triggers are well this is something that would probably be really helpful to talk to a therapist about but, but <laughs> exactly, I give you I yeah. give you my oh, you can say that on all the questions but yeah. I think usually what triggers sadness Okay, I'll start with that one first. It can usually be, say, for example, something that's happened in your life, in your past, in your childhood, that maybe 
I don't know, you were bullied or something really traumatic and quite scary that had a really, really significant impact on you that you probably compartmentalized or maybe diminished a little bit in your experience so you could cope with it at the time, right? So we all have situations like that. Like, for example, if you're in a group, a group situation in school and Mm. the teacher maybe made you feel stupid or something like that happened, the bully or whatever. And then suddenly you're an adult and you're in a similar context in a work environment. It's like a team thing. And you notice that you start to feel anxious Mm. or you start to feel sad or you start to feel really scared. And there's one person in the group who's really making you feel that way. And you're like, I just don't know what it is about them, but they Uh. really annoy me or they make me feel really. (coughs) And I don't know what it is and I can't figure it out. And often, I mean, not always, but usually that's because that's triggered some kind of a memory or something that happened to you, maybe when you were younger, that you maybe haven't been aware of or cognizant of and then you're like what is that as a trigger so that's why i say it's really useful to go to therapy to kind of uncover or unpack that a little bit so you can Mm. be aware of your triggers yeah but the thing with anxiety and triggers is usually i think this is really relatable for a lot of people if you revisit a place like even physically or a time like where you are anxious so say i don't know like you had a bit of a panic attack in stephen's green you're walking around one day or something you felt a bit off Mm. And then you go back there like a year later and the next thing you start to feel that way again yeah. and then it kind of becomes a trigger so the idea is you maybe try and understand a little bit about well okay that that was a trigger for me but i don't want to avoid st stephen's green forever so how do i kind of prepare myself mm-hmm. and learn how to ground myself and stay present and stay okay the next time i go to that place does that make sense yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. and you can do that in your mind as well you can actually avoid things in your mind like avoiding thought patterns you know, like where you don't want to listen to might be like a certain song or something that really triggers oh, you. God. Oh God, the, bre- the breakup songs, movie. heartbreak songs when you're a teenager. Honestly, yeah. Tegan and Sarah's album. I <laughs> if, if that song is one here nineteen, I literally I've got I just literally got goosebumps. <laughs> that album and actually randomly enough, Damien Rice. Bleh. Oh yeah, but, I used to yeah, love him. Two thousand and four, you know, because you're just crying. You're ba- like remember bawling the entire album. Tegan's yes. like nineteen. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, this might be a stupid question, but would anxiety? Oh, like you don't just let's say you've had a great life, everything's been great, but then you feel yeah. anxious. Is it always coming from somewhere, like a trigger or something in your past, or can people just like? Yeah. It's always coming from somewhere, right? Yeah. You don't just develop anxiety That's kind of the whole like nature-nurture debate, which is such a big, big debate in my whole area. I think usually there's kind of different types of it. So there could Mm. be like reactive anxiety or situational anxiety, which it could be that there's a specific situation or even just a specific time period in your life. Like, you know, work is really stressful. There's a lot of stuff going on in your personal life where you just go through a period of feeling really anxious. And that's kind of an appropriate response to the circumstances, if you think about it, because if you have all areas of your life and they're all kind of suffering, if you will, or there's something lacking in each area, it's going to be really, really hard for you to feel not stressed, to feel calm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of like situational anxiety. And then reactive anxiety is pretty much the same thing. Yeah. But it could be like something happened and it made you feel really scared. Mm -hmm. And that kind of like, trauma stuff but it could be that you witness something really scary like a car crash or something mm-hmm. and every time then you notice that that's kind of you're feeling anxious all the mm-hmm. time and yeah. so that's kind of like reactive anxiety yeah. but it's it's a really some people just have a predisposition towards being yeah, anxious yeah. you know 
I mean, you could, or some people, it could be a learned behavior from their parents. It could be that mm. they had anxious parents growing up. I mean, we I could talk about this for a long yeah. time. But it's kind of like, what I say to people is find what works for you in terms of how you understand it. So it might be helpful for some people to go and explore that and, and go to psychotherapy and really understand that which is a lot of what I would have had to do in my training to become a therapist but if you go for something like CBT it doesn't go to that level of depth but it can help you to reframe your experience so we had another question and it was um well so CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy Mm -hmm. how does that work how does CBT work well basically and actually and do you have any practical examples of how, how people now how people can use it in in if they're in a particularly yeah. anxious situation yeah basically cbt is cognitive so you're you're basically restructuring your thought patterns and then behavior you're trying to change your behavior as a consequence of it so the idea is the cognitions in your brain the cognitive response informs your behavioral response which can sometimes be avoidant when you're anxious and <coughs> the level that you go in with then as a therapist is okay you're having this thought let's try and restructure and reframe that thought. So an example of that would be, okay, let me think. Uh, for example, I get really scared going into elevators because I mm. get claustrophobic. Okay. And I always use this as an example <laughs> when I'm doing this with clients. Um, and so my thought is I'm gonna get stuck in the elevator. So then I go, I have to ask myself, okay, am I basing this on a fact or feeling? I'm basing it on a feeling. Is there any evidence to support this thought? no has anything like this ever happened before no is my thought a reliable source no is this a thought <laughs> like do you, do you know what I mean I, yeah. I, I mean I won't give all the CBT stuff away yeah. or you know CBT therapist might get angry with me but like that's the kind of questioning so practical, that's an example it? yeah. it's very very practical and then the behavior level will be more things like exposure therapy so and that will be gradual exposure therapy so for me that will be like this is an example okay, I'll go in the lift and I'll go up one floor on the lift and then I'll get out and I'll walk the other four or five flights or whatever it is. Yeah. And then the the gradual end goal will be I can get in the lift for the whole duration of the lift journey. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get you, I get you. Um, and that's the behavioral side of it. So mm. it's, it's, and gradual exposure is absolutely so key with any type of behavioral challenges you're trying to do for yourself because if you go in and try and do it all at once, it's highly likely that you'll be re-triggered and then that'll make you even more scared to challenge yourself okay. again. So it's really, really important to take it yeah, step by it step. Yeah, quite dangerous. Yeah, yeah. It can. How, how, sorry, sorry. We're wow. just, we have so many questions. <laughs> so many questions. No, I was saying I remember once it was described to me as like if someone is, what's it, agoraphobic? Yeah. It's like a CBT therapist will work on trying to get you out of the house and a psychotherapist will work on why you're not leaving the house yeah um, exactly okay. yeah that's exactly it yeah yeah and what if yeah. it's not something like i think for like a fear like yeah being claustrophobic or whatever having a fear yeah. i think that's really obvious yeah, the exposure therapy makes yeah. a lot of sense there but what if it's just cbt for like just feeling anxious that there's not one big fear you yeah, have yeah yeah i get you it's not localized to a specific yeah. thought yeah yeah well does then, it still work for that kind of thing i think it does in a sense of what you're trying to get to do what you're trying to achieve then as a therapist is get reframe that experience for the person and that's what we all try to do all of us Mm -hmm. service like that's what we're we're trying to get them to have a different perspective or reframe their experience Mm. so you can do that and it's like 
you can absolutely do that with CBD. Mm. Like some people aren't as prescriptive, like you have to do homework. Some people are like, they just ask you those questions organically yeah. in the therapy session. And then you go out thinking, oh my God, I, I don't feel that worried anymore. Something happened there, but I don't know what it was. But anyway, let's not analyze let's, yeah. it. Yeah, I don't yeah, feel yeah. worried. Does uh, that make yeah, sense? It does, and that's yeah. I went to, a C, I've talked about this before, but I went to um, CBT for sleep. Uh, well, yeah. I, was, I was struggling with sleep a few years ago and I went to yeah. the CBT lady and she's brilliant, fantastic. But she and was that's like... her professional name. CBT, CBT lady. For, <laughs> CBT lady. Um, but she was like, she she was just trying to reframe my thoughts around sleep because yeah. she was like the main, you're getting sleep performance anxiety because I was like, I'm not going to get enough sleep. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. work. I'm going to be yeah. shit tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. And she made me like fill out all this, these different like questionnaires and I like, I believe I need eight hours of sleep. I believe I need this. Yeah. And then she also made me rate my quality of sleep and how I felt yeah. on certain days. Basically just completely reframing all my thoughts yeah. around it so that I just wasn't worried about it anymore and I realised it just wasn't that big a deal because I was hearing all these things about how important sleep was and it was getting me all stressed yeah. and yeah. la la but it was so interesting and just so practical like I had yeah. little worksheets and they were hilarious Brilliant. like it was like I think nice. sleep is the most important thing I believe sleep will affect my health if I don't, if I don't get it and it was just really practical but yeah. it was great Yeah. Um, and you wouldn't think like you're doing it you're like this is stupid you're like you know and then yeah. but it does just reframes yeah. your thoughts about yeah. it yeah. even just getting it out yeah. yeah. Um. One good question that was in one particularly close to my heart. What do you think of the Headspace app? Um. I think the Headspace app is great, but or I, Cam or I whatever. Use, I use the Cam app. Um. At the moment, I'm doing a like thirty day teaching you how to do meditation for ten minutes every day for cool. thirty days. So that's kind of like my my January self care thing. Um. I've kind of I've done it for twenty two days. So. No, how long have I been in for? But yeah, it's good. I find that really helpful. Mm. The Headspace app, I'm not as familiar with. I haven't used that in same a while. Thing. But they're all yeah. the same. They all try and aim to do the same thing. Yeah. Which is yeah. to help you. Yeah. Align, you, align you like your the... body and mind. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Just yeah. as the question came in. Um, I think it's just great for just even taking a moment just to mm. stop all the messages coming into your brain. Stop <laughs> yeah. all the messages coming into your brain. You know what, what's great about SOS, and I presume this girl's using it as well. SOS, SOS. Well, Headspace, Headspace is that but there they is have an SOS, SOS yeah. section ah, uh, which okay. I highly recommend yeah. there's yeah. like um, there's like mini they're called SOS meditations yeah. um, for particular topics so it could be like work stress or um, yeah. sleep like yeah. there's a whole sleep section of like had a nightmare or you know can't yeah. sleep or whatever mm-hmm. uh, it's just really good yeah <laughs> that's great that's yeah, yeah yeah that's, yeah I think meditation though in general is just like I feel like you really need need to align your body and mind. Yeah. Even even from a sense of like if you have anxiety, like you know, yeah. if you actually start your breathing, then physiologically yeah. your brain will start to calm yeah, exactly. down. And then even exactly. it's kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. Like even if you're not. Oh, no, I'm like I have to do it. I have to yeah. get back into meditating now. I'm like, oh, no, I feel but bad. But that's okay. If like, don't make it a chore. Don't yeah. make anything yeah. a chore. Yeah. It's it's it should be like time out something mm-hmm. that you look forward to. Yeah. yeah. And that's the just to say that piece about cbt i guess the bit that cbt doesn't do is the body stuff that it doesn't incorporate that mm-hmm. okay and that's like i try and have a combo of cbt and, and yeah. you know that type of cognitive and then the physiological stuff um because i find that the symptoms can be so physiological that to me it seems like just not right to kind of ignore that yeah, yeah. so you know, so the two of them hand in hand is a really, really useful thing to be able to do in yeah. practice to just get you back in there the you go. calm so space. Keep on the headspace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's great. Is there any other question here? Oh, this was interesting, I thought. Um, so like, 
yeah, any tips on kind of early stages of stress? So kind of they've said they feel fine and then all of a yeah. sudden, so one day they're fine, another day they could be completely overwhelmed. I mean, I get that, but it depends on my period. Yeah. <laughs> like I could yeah. have a week, like, yeah. you know, PMS, I could be like a feckin' yeah, wire yeah, and then yeah. another, another week yeah. I'd be totally serene yeah. and chilled. Very, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think when it comes to, so I suppose what I'd say about that is have a bit of a check-in with yourself in terms of what's going well in your life and Mm. what's not going well Mm. and the areas of your life and I don't mean this in a goal-focused way because that's actually not what I'm talking about at all Mm. what I mean is if you're getting sort of random bouts of feeling sad or overwhelmed it's probably because there's some kind of disconnect on some level Mm -hmm. in some area of your life and it's just about because you know when we feel overwhelmed right we're like oh that was awful but I'm okay now and I'm going to get on with my life and we kind of forget but usually those emotions are telling us something like if that's happening very frequently Mm -hmm. um, I would kind of say just think about what's working well in your life and what's not working well and maybe have a think about just see what answers come up for you And, and if there's things that need to be different you know where will be a good place for me to think about changing or starting to change in some area because there's usually answers there Mm -hmm. and that that way you're not letting the feeling kind of control you you're not identifying too much with the feeling but you're able to say Mm-hmm. hang on what could, what's, what happening, could, yeah. what's happening um yeah, yeah I, d- so I find that what I'd say yeah there could be a time where you could be like feeling like great on a weekend because there are people around yeah. you going out whatever yeah and then you're like I think I'm over that thing whatever and then you yeah. put on a Tuesday then you could feel crap again I, I yeah. feel like for me it could be very like external like I'm yeah whatever's happening in my life could lift me up th- yes, like literally yes, for yes. a few days yeah, and then yeah, you could find you. yourself then yeah, retreating absolutely. back yeah um See, thing well, is, that's totally normal yeah yeah it's so like all these questions we're getting as great as it is it's yeah. like it's it, it's must be it's so hard to talk about like without going individual yeah exactly. yeah everyone just needs to go to therapy basically yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> jesus jane we are on the same vibe we are on the yeah were you gonna ask the question I was gonna, I was gonna say we'll see go on find out i was gonna say so okay obviously we're advocates of therapy but what if somebody has never been to therapy. Oh, that's not my question. Oh, no, okay. Oh, no, that's no, my okay. question at okay. all. Okay, so I think I, before I went for the first time, I was very nervous. So what yeah. like, what can people expect from like yeah. their first therapy session? Like when I, my first time, <laughs> I felt like I had to sit on a chair and I was like, <gasps> and I just literally yeah. dreamed off yeah. everything yeah. that I could possibly think of that was bad in my life. And then she was like, oh my God, like, calm down you know I just, yeah. so what should, like, that's not what people do but like what can I expect from like a therapy session I think your first session with your therapist isn't it depends like it's kind of more like what we would call an assessment so we like I will be figuring out can I help this person as much as they're figuring out can can I can they can yeah. I help yeah, them yeah. does yeah. that make sense yeah. that'd be a good fit um, exactly so you're kind of what you expect is that effectively the first session is really just from my point of view i need to understand what is happening for this person what level of severity is it Mm -hmm. and what do they want to be different in their lives now that might not come in the first session because Mm -hmm. they could be so overwhelmed that they can't even find the answer to that and that's totally okay there's no pressure to do that Mm. it might be six to eight sessions down the road that you discover that Mm. but the main thing is like you just go and talk about whatever it is that you think you could be there for and the therapist will listen to you but the main thing that they want to find out is what's going on and how they can help you that's Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. that's all that they want to know about really and it's it is really nerve-wracking 
And it's so odd to go into a stranger that you don't know and sit down and be like, oh my God, these are my deep darks. Yeah, Fear, you know, and, and, and nerve wracking. I don't think people talk about that enough. I know people yeah, are like, it's very yeah, nerve wracking. Yeah. I remember anytime before that session, I'd be like genuinely like, yeah, yeah. like proper nervous. Like yeah. not just like, oh God, I wouldn't mind not doing this, but like nervous. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that's important to talk about as well. That's yeah, normal. It, like It's totally normal. And most people who do come in are all of us nervous. And I always acknowledge that and say, I know this is a really, really weird and you've just met me and I'm, you, mm. you know, you kind of diminish the expectation. You know, I might say you, you, there's an expectation that you're going to tell me all this stuff. But what I just really want to know is if we're going to work well together and what kind of stuff has brought you in and what, what what's going on for you at the moment mm-hmm. and why you thought it might be a good idea to come to therapy. Yeah. And if you're with like an experienced, skilled therapist, they'll elicit that response from you without you even knowing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> and then no. the next thing, the hour will be up and you'll be like, what? How did I talk for that an hour? Is, that oh, is true. That though. often yeah. happens, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. coming up to an hour now and you're like, yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. So nothing to worry about. Yeah. Um, and also one question we got off a few people is any tips for places people can go for either cheaper or reduced rate yeah. um, therapy or counselling? Um, so the first post I wrote was about, it's like a list of affordable therapy services Great. in Dublin. So I can reshare that again. Absolutely. Um, and also I think I have a piece in there about what to expect in your first session and why oh, people go to therapy. Like they're just some short mm-hmm. paragraphs. Great. Um, and that's a list of yeah affordable yeah. therapy services. And that's the mindguide.net? Yeah, the mindguide.net. There you go. There yeah, you go. Right. Um, I have one final question. Hmm. Because we're coming up to an hour now, can you believe? Right. It's like a therapy Wait. session. <laughs> okay, we're coming up to the hour now. Seems apt. Um, why did you decide to get into this line of work? Oh, yeah. Well, I grew up in Galway, right? In the middle of nowhere, in the middle <laughs> of a field. Um, and I was, basically, there was a lot of unhappiness and sadness, mm-hmm. not in my immediate family, but around me. Um, in terms of just lots of sadness in in the community lots of good things too but there was a lot of high suicide rates in general Mm. in rural Ireland and I always found myself in a role with my friends where I'd be like the listener and the one kind of trying to offer compassion and I just would be there listening to them and it would be kind of like giving them advice and I just thought to myself, wouldn't it be amazing if I could do this on a professional level? Like, I would love to be able to do it. And also, I'm very passionate about facilitating and informing change in people's lives. And I think if people are brave enough to reach out and they're met with the right type of response, mm. then it can be really transformative. Mm. And I think, I suppose, yeah, I found myself in that role with people a lot. And also, because I grew up in the middle of you know in in East Galway great family and loads of wonderful things about that but like there was absolutely no mental health services whatsoever it wasn't even a thing and I just thought that that was really really weird when I reached the age of 17 or 18 I thought why isn't there how come there's a doctor for my sore throat but why why can't I go talk to someone about how stressed I am it's kind of amazing that you had that awareness at 17 to be like where's all the I don't know if it is but like I'd say I probably it wasn't that type of language I would have used at that age I probably would have been a lot lot more angry but like why do I have to go to like a you know massage therapist or something like when I'm feeling sad why isn't there someone I can (laughs) go to talk to Um, get your nails get your nails yeah you know like and it's different in Dublin but I suppose that's kind of 
what got me into this type of work and I think what I always say to people and the main reason I've even created this blog is that if I can facilitate if you can leave any therapy session with a little bit of hope that you didn't have when you went in then you're off to a good start and Mm -hmm. if you can get the sense that you can actually use your own agency autonomy to feel empowered to make a change in your own life Mm. and within yourself I mean that's basically most of the work done yeah so that's a really first step yeah. yeah exactly and it's really really important and I know it's really really hard but I just always say, say to people if you can take that brave first stop, step and if you have a bad experience yeah. which I know a lot of people do and I've heard a lot about that um, please don't let it be a deterrent to try somewhere else or if you've try, had a bad experience with a yeah, therapist yeah yeah, yeah or just haven't gelled or whatever like, yeah like, exactly because yeah. not everyone fits with everyone and that's just part of being a human being yeah. but I would say try and just you know keep going with it so yeah boom there it must go. be a very challenging job but imagine like it's yeah. it's hard to it go home be, and like we do digital be. marketing for a living and it's like hard to shut that <laughs> out yeah, yeah. And, like I'd say it's big support network though right yeah yeah like I have you know supervision that I do once a month and yeah. I've got really good colleagues and good team and yeah you kind of have to have that in place mm-hmm. your own therapy all of that stuff is absolutely vital because I mean it depends on what way you look at it. people you could get burned out but I really like working with teenagers and I really like when when the movement starts to happen in mm. therapy it's just so exciting yeah. it's like ah yes this is working and I really really enjoy that part of the job so. yeah. yeah it sounds very fulfilling yeah yeah that's yeah. amazing <laughs> yeah yeah well, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, yeah, thanks for having wow. Thanks to I feel like it could go on forever, but yeah, I just have yeah. to keep reading your blog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so check out Mary on Instagram. What's your yeah. Instagram handle again? Uh, at tiny underscore therapist. At mm-hmm. tiny underscore therapist. Uh, and themindguide.net. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yep. Check it out. Yeah. Thanks, Emil. No and thanks guys. to everyone who sent in questions. Um, yeah. If there's something we didn't answer, Fucking just send them to Mary on the old Instagram. She's <laughs> <laughs> uh, being inundated now. Inundated. No, don't no, do that. No, 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 yeah. no. Um, but thanks so much for listening and thanks so much for sending in your messages yep. as well. Um, we got in loads of messages, couldn't answer all of them. Um, but as we said, if if therapy, you think therapy could help you after listening to this, then yeah. absolutely look into it and don't be scared to. Yeah. yeah, and hopefully Rich. your blue Monday isn't that blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little less yeah. blue, a little less blue. Hopefully, um, as always, if you want to become a patron, I forgot we're terrible at saying that. <laughs> yes, please yeah. um, do. Uh, what six euro a month? Six euro a month gets you two extra episodes. Yeah, and early tickets to our next live podcast, which we're yet to organise. We have a topic though. We actually do have a topic. We have a topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't be scared to share this with anyone you think you might need to hear it. Yeah, that's a really good point actually. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's all. Cool. Thanks, Thanks for the same music. Thanks, Mary. No Thanks for having me Bye. on. Bye. Bye.